Welcome to the Secret Podcast. My name is George. Um, I'm a host. I've got another host. His name's Bradley. Uh, he's here too. And we're with a guy named Corey who, uh, he, you know, he likes to learn things. Uh, really, really old things. So we bought this old set of encyclopedias. And for some reason, he was looking up riddles because maybe he didn't understand what they were. Um, and he found this interesting riddle about Milwaukee. And it was sort of similar to a, to a riddle we uh, we know about in the Milwaukee painting. So similar, in fact, that probably 40 people in the Facebook groups went out and bought this exact set of encyclopedias um, and tore them apart. Uh, Corey, what what made you get an old set of world book encyclopedias and look up the word riddles? I've actually been collecting encyclopedias ever since I found out about the secret. So over the past few years, I've been getting my hands on several different editions and um, kinds of encyclopedias. Um, I always look at Riddle. That's one of the first things I look up when I'm looking at a new um, version of encyclopedia. Um, reasoning is just because, you know, Byron was a busy guy you know i think he was in his late 20s and you know he was obviously extremely intelligent but he would have had to use you know some type of source material to you know develop the puzzle as well as learn about the different cities that he may not have known much about or little about um so you know from a just based on his background he doesn't seem to be someone that really knew a lot about puzzles or riddles so um, that's one of the reasons why that's the first thing I look up. And I just had, you know, same night I got the encyclopedia. I was flipping through, you know, I've got Encyclopedia Britannica. I got, you know, several editions going back to like 1951. Um, I got a Micropedia set Britannica, like 1978. And this specific um, encyclopedia is World Book. This is actually the first World Book set that I've gotten. Um, which is surprising because they're very popular. Um, and I was flipping through it the same night and just saw the Milwaukee Rebus. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never seen that before outside of The Secret. And I immediately thought like this could be potentially, you know, one of the you know exact books or editions that Byron may have looked at or referenced to craft the puzzle. It's it's really close now. It it we, it would um, it would almost be a crime if we didn't mention that Kit asked his dad about this, and his dad said that he came up with the Rebus completely on his own. But that's it's really similar, right? Like it's it's it's, it's pretty exact. Yeah, I can I can see him because because when Byron and John were putting these together, like John's always said that they were going back and forth trying to come up with different puzzles. So I can see Byron going, oh, shit, I got to come up with a new puzzle. Let me just look up some crap in the encyclopedia. You know, let me look up what kind of riddles are listed in the encyclopedia and seeing that and going, oh, that's perfect. And then telling John, why don't you do like a rebus with I could see him telling John that. And then 40 years later, John forgetting because um, it's it's just like it's it's so similar. Yeah, I'm not going to say the words that I, that came out of my mouth when I saw it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, I mean, when I saw it, it blew my mind. Um, and then, so Bradley got a copy of the encyclopedia. Bradley, what year did you get? It was like 80 something, 85? 
or something, wasn't it? No, um, it's a 79, 1979, which is like almost like exactly what we're looking for. Like, obviously, that would be like the year he was working on these. Um, and I've had this set, and this, this is what blew my mind. I've had this set sitting collecting dust in on my secret bookshelf for now probably three years. And I've looked up everything I can think to look up. And it's never crossed my mind to look up the word riddle. And when I saw the post uh, with that Rebus, um, it was like, are you, are you kidding me? So I go and I look up riddle and sure enough, it, there it is. It just, I, yeah, I had the exact same question as George. Like what would make somebody think to look up the word riddle? And what you just said makes absolute sense and just never, ever crossed my mind. Um, so I was super excited about it. So I've been polishing them off and looking up other things that, um, I would never think to look up before because you looked up riddle. I've got a, so I, I went out, I didn't have one. I went out like the day after you posted that and found on Facebook, no less like a 1981 edition. So I've got that. All of ours are the exact same with riddle. All of ours are the exact same with most things, right? It doesn't seem like encyclopedias didn't really change much throughout the years. Once they did an edition, that was pretty much it. Unless they added, they had to add things. Um, I've been finding the more and more that I look things up, I've been finding more similarities. Yeah. And I have the yearbooks going all the way to, sorry, I have the yearbooks going all the way to 1977. So I can see exactly like if I'm looking up, you know, like San Francisco, for example, um, since my revision of the book is, you know, 1962, they actually updated the San Francisco passage quite drastically. I think in like 1974 or something like that. And so I have two completely different sections on San Francisco. Um, but once again, you know, very similar material, but yeah, I mean, people, they would buy inside B sets and, you know, that was a lot of money back in the day, you know, several hundred dollars. So that was kind of one of the things that these you know companies would do like, well, Hey, that way you're, you're not thinking you're losing money or losing value. We're going to send you the updated material every year. And uh, with with the um, yearbook editions, you also have the World Book Dictionary that comes with your set. Uh, mine split into two sections. They're so thick and comprehensive. Um, so that was one of the things that I got excited about when I first bought mine as well, because in the Japanese hints, it keeps referencing, well, look in the dictionary um, and see if you can find blah, blah, blah. Um, like drum. I think drum was one of the things like look up drum, the dictionary and look, look close to it and see what you can find. So I um, assumed when he said that he meant not just your normal dictionary, but the dictionary that came with like an encyclopedia set. Did I find anything? Absolutely not. Um, but for those that don't know, it comes with a, a matching dictionary set. You didn't find Drummond. It's been years since I looked, um, so I can't recall exactly what was there, but I'm looking right now. Let's see. I've been looking. The, the first thing that I did when I got this book was I started looking through the cities, and I started noticing a lot of similarities. Like my copy, uh, Grant Park is on the Chicago page. Um, it talks a lot about the Chicago Commodities Exchange, which is where um, John Palangar said that little design, the earring, it came from the Commodities Exchange. Like uh, there's, There seems to be a lot of similarities. Like when I look up Coney Island, for instance, it says that there's very little activity in Coney Island in the winter. You know, there seems to be a lot of direct ties from this encyclopedia to these verses. Have you found 
uh, Corey, have you found anything that's just sort of blown your mind while looking through it? So as you mentioned, you know, the Coney Island section was, you know, did put, you know, some emphasis on, you know, in the winter, there's a little excitement. And, you know, I was looking through the verses before this podcast, and the only verse that even mentions a season is, you know, the verse typically associated with New York City. And if you think about New York City, I mean, I mean, in summer, I mean, what's what's the first thing you're going to think of, you know, especially when you tie in cars abound, you know, he very rarely when he said a word actually meant that word. So when he says cars abound, I mean, any, any city or any part of the city cars abound could probably apply to. So, you know, he's probably going to be in a little bit more clever with that. And, you know, several other people have already mentioned that, you know, perhaps he's talking about Coney Island with the in summer, the worrying sound and the cars abound being the rides. Um, could be something there for sure. One day I'm going to talk about Coney Island. I got a lot of ideas about Coney Island. Like there's some, yeah, there's some, some of my favorite, some of my favorite verse matches are in Coney Island. And then there's like the, uh, the, uh, um, the acrostic for Coney. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you can take that acrostic a step further, and you can actually get it to say it is at Coney. It is at Coney. Yeah. And, you know, since we're talking about Coney real quick, I mean, if you look at the image to try to confirm, you know, whatever your theory is, I mean, there is a cone in her dress that, you know, some people have seen the letter E in the cone, which I do think, you know, that's exactly what it is in, the, in that image. And then, you know, it's something that I actually found several months ago. I completely forgot about it because it didn't lead it anywhere. And just, I think last week, I think um, his name's Tim, Tim O'Dwyer posted on the Facebook page showing that, you know, the lion that is in the ocean in the image could be a rebus for sea lion. So I did the simple thing. I just typed in sea lion Brooklyn and it came up Sea Lion Park, which was the park that was, <clears throat> excuse me, Sea Lion Park was the park that pre-existed Luna Park and Coney Island in the same exact location. So on the uh, same topic of finding interesting things in the um, encyclopedia, uh, so as soon as um, like, um, Boston was found, uh, I grabbed the encyclopedia, pulled out the B and looked up Boston, and damn, if it doesn't say right there um, that the largest Italian population in Boston is in the North End. Um, so if you knew that you were looking at Boston and you knew that you're looking for the largest Italian population, then boom, it tells you, hey, go to the North End. And if we would have had that beforehand, uh, I I mean, I, I still can't believe you buried it in a ball field. But now that we know that. I mean, they, geez, that was that was uh, some pretty good info. If I remember correctly, in my Boston, when it talks all about Paul Revere, it talks about Cops Hill Terrace. But those are those are things that are going to be in any encyclopedia for Boston. But like, it, there's just so it's it's almost to the point that there are so many coincidences that it's hard to deny, right? It's just like abroad in America. It it could be a coincidence that both of those stories just happen to be in that book but it's almost too strong to deny. And this encyclopedia is getting to be the exact same way. Like there's just too much there. For Boston specifically, there's several items that struck me. You know, once again, I have the 1962 version, so I'm not sure what's in the, you know, 1979, but 
they put a lot of emphasis on the frigate constitution, which is old Ironsides, um, talks about the old North church. Um, it specifically mentions the Italian architecture of the library and it mentions eight bells in the old North church. So, you know, if he was looking for, you know, trying to decide which city would go with which, you know, immigration and which month, et cetera. I mean, as Bradley mentioned, you have the, the Italian, um, neighborhood, you have this library that, you know, some people think might've been referenced in the puzzle that has Italian architecture and you have the eight bells in the old North church, which, you know, the Boston puzzle is the, the, you know, the eighth, the August puzzle. Um, so could be some references there. Now, the one thing that I did not know, and I'm sure other people know this, but I did not know that the nickname for Boston, at least used to be their nickname was hub of the solar system or, hub of the universe and if you look at the image for boston it kind of looks like it could have been inspired by that nickname hub hub of the solar system you have you have the star and the moon in the background you have you know the what could potentially be considered a hub with you know spokes coming off of it and you know playing off that theme you know looking at I think, you know, once again, this has been mentioned by several people, but looking at the nicknames of the different cities, it definitely seems like they were using the city nicknames to influence the paintings. I mean, Windy City for Chicago, Forest City for Cleveland, City of Saints for Montreal, Borough of Churches, which is my favorite for Brooklyn, City of Hills for San Francisco, which once again, I did not know that until I read this encyclopedia it mentioned San Francisco's nickname, at least once upon a time, was City of Hills. Um, and, of course, Holy City for Charleston. Yeah, yeah. And in Boston, it calls um, baseball uh, fields, um, coliseums with metal walls. <laughs> Bradley, you're going to get shit for that for the rest of your life. Because, like, <laughs> it's Ironsides, dude. It's It's not... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm really, I'm really excited about the encyclopedia. It, it's weird. Like a lot of people jumped on it really quickly and then it, they seem to kind of forget about it. Right. Like it, it's not referenced or brought up. I guess it's kind of hard to get one of these sets of encyclopedias, but there, there seems to be a lot of really, really good information in this specific encyclopedia that I haven't found in the encyclopedia Britannica's or, or any of that. I don't know if the World Book Encyclopedia is the most common encyclopedia from that time. I didn't know World Book Encyclopedia was a thing until I, um, I was given this set about three years ago. Um, I grew up, and the only brand I ever heard of was uh, Britannica. Um, I don't know. That was just always Because of the commercials with the nerdy probably, kid? Probably. Probably the commercials. And then there was the um, uh, there was one other brand, and I can't think of off the top of my head, but it was because um, uh, – I had the encyclopedia on like CD-ROM um, and it was uh, in Carta. I was, I was about to say in Carta. Maybe that was it. Yeah. Um, those are the only two brands I ever heard of. Never heard of world book before until I got the set. Um, but maybe it was popular. Maybe I just didn't know it. Yeah. The only one that I ever heard of was Britannica. You know, my grandparents had, you know, like three different Britannica sets. I would actually, you know, I'm a nerd. Even when I was a kid, I'd go over and I, I read the whole junior encyclopedia set, which I was looking at recently. But, you know, once again, 
the only one that I have really found any ties to is the oral book. Um, there are several other items of note for that I think I've I've found in the world book. Um, you know, the section on you know I always look up Alexander Hamilton um, just to see just to see what it says, and it always it it struck me. There was one specific line that said he was admitted into law practice after only three months of hard study, which, I mean, you have two potential references there for, you know, three volumes and hard word. Um, the Milwaukee one um, does not mention, at least my version does not mention uh, Lake Park. It does mention Mitchell park in Washington park. It talks a lot about Juno, Kilbourne, and Walker. You know, they could be the three who live there. And, you know, I looked up harpsichord and lo and behold, right next to the section on harpsichord, it has an image of a woman playing harpsichord. You know, I don't know much about, much about harpsichords, but apparently one of the most famous harpsichord players of all time was a woman by the name of Wanda Lebowski. When that, when Dowska, sorry. Um, so that was rather interesting as well. I'm not sure if that could tie into Milwaukee or Montreal, but probably something to look into. Um, Cleveland was, you know, of course, talked about Euclid Avenue, Terminal Building, which, you know, like you mentioned, any encyclopedia sets probably going to mention those things. Um, it did mention the Cultural Gardens, which was... Um, not really something Cleveland's known for, so it was interesting to see that in the encyclopedia. Um, San Francisco um, has, in my version, has a picture of Chinatown with the old uh, trademark building that has the sign that says "Cafe." And one specific line in the San Francisco passage that I thought was interesting is it mentions how. Cable cars claim loudly as they climb steep hills. So maybe that's a potential, you know, sounds from the sky. It's interesting how many little things are coming up. It really is. I've received more requests this these past few weeks on random things to look up in the encyclopedia than I care to admit. <laughs> but I, I, I try to look up every request for anyone who wants to. Well, what's weird that I've noticed is that the three that the three that have been solved, right? Chicago, Cleveland, Boston, basically all of the information that you would need from these encyclopedias are in the entries for Cleveland, Chicago, and Boston. You don't really have to go anywhere else. Um, You know, as a, as an aside to that in New York, you do have to go to the Coney Island um, entry for that, for that quote that we were talking about earlier but it seems like all of this information just seems to be concise right in the city entries. They don't seem to go much farther. All right. And, you know, Byron, I was looking at, you know, interviews that he did and the miscellaneous you know, newspapers. And, you know, one thing that stood out to me was, um, you know, he buried the jewels over several months as he crossed the country on other business. He was a busy guy. He... You know, he probably didn't know a whole lot about Milwaukee. So he would have done research on the city. 
Once again, he probably wouldn't have done a whole lot of research on it because, once again, he's a busy guy. He's in his late 20s. He has a girlfriend. He has a job, etc. So he probably had very limited time when he actually was in you know, Milwaukee. He may have only been there even a day or two. So, and we have a tendency to forget today that, hey, the internet didn't exist. So, you know, what would have he have used? He would have went to the you know, local library or whatever information he had at his disposal. You know, that's why I think it's very important to try to find the source material that he would have used. And that's really what I've been after the past few years is looking, you know, like Abroad for America is really the one that did it for me. That, you know, like, hey, he probably used this book and he specifically took lines out of it. Um, so my question is, what are we missing? What other books or information would have been, you know, very popular at the time in libraries that we just were not looking for. What's well, something like, for example, you know, everyone knows he loved his literary references and pulling off, you know, words off of structures and buildings. So, you know, I went through and looked and it looks like at least four, potentially five or six of the verses have direct literary references, whether it's from you know, like Melville or Abroad for America or whatever. So are there other literary references that we're missing in the other verses? Because those literary references really is what has confirmed, you know, which verses go with which image and which city. And if we didn't know the Abroad for America quote for, you know, NOLA or the Abroad for America quote for Charleston, I mean, would we would still probably be debating quite heavily that those were even the cities matched up with those verses. I mean, we know that, and there are still people who are like, no, it's in Vancouver or whatever. Uh, so what I was going to say is what I find most interesting about um, uh, your encyclopedia find um, is that we've had this debate since the pages existed about resources and what you should use and what tools are relevant, what tools are a waste of your time, what tools are making it harder than it needs to be. And the large group of people continue to use Photoshop, use all sorts of tools that would not have been around in the time uh, that, in my opinion, make this much harder and more uh, frustrating than it needs to be. Um, but once you found this entry, and some of us, like my, myself, I've had an encyclopedia set for three years. Um, I stopped looking in it probably a year and a half ago. Um, and the moment you found and posted that, um, it was like the final nail in the coffin. Like, guys, you should be looking at the tools of the time. Here's a final um, uh, smoking gun um, that is going to show you that this, this, this is where the information came from. This is how we're going to solve these puzzles. Um, so thank you for finding that. Uh, I, again, would have never thought to look up the word riddle. Um, and to, this is not a I told you so moment to the community by any stretch of the imagination. Because uh, like I said, I stopped looking at mine a year and a half ago. But I'm very excited that several people that were not previously looking encyclopedias are now. And I can't wait to see where we get to next from this information. Yeah, building upon what you said, Bradley. So the press release for the book, The Secret, which is on Told Treasures. That was the website I was looking at earlier. It specifically says the reader is not required to actually go to the location of the treasure. I am Byron's intent 
Well, I mean, of course, he meant for some people to dig these up, but at the time, his intent was there's probably a lot of these that people wouldn't be able to dig up or they wouldn't be able to get to the location. And he, you know, if they provided enough evidence, he was going to go dig them up for him. So the question is, how would you figure out where the cask is located without actually being at the dig site? You'd have to look in your local library. You'd have to look at information. You'd have to look at encyclopedias and other books and maps, etc. But, you know, it seems like his intent was you could figure this out in your armchair without actually going and digging it up. To an extent, um, I'm with you. Um, I also firmly believe that he made that statement to sell more books. Um, because, And maybe he believed that, that you could. Maybe he did. But knowing what we know, there's absolutely no way you would have found Chicago. There's absolutely no way you would have found Cleveland. And there's absolutely no way you would have found Boston unless you were there. It's impossible to have solved them unless you sent Byron a letter and said, Hey, I think like it's somewhere in these Greek cultural gardens. Um, but I, I, I'm not there, so I can't pinpoint it. And then he says, Oh, okay, great. That's close enough for me. I don't know. You know, we'll never know. I don't know. Unless there's something we're missing, unless we're missing something. Um, because like, I mean, until the the Rebus was found in his encyclopedias, I would have just assumed that came out of, you know, John Palancar's brain. But we found evidence that, you know, maybe it didn't. So maybe we end up finding something else that that helps narrow things down a little bit or, you know, some other. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know what evidence there could be until we actually see it, if that makes sense. But there could be something. I mean, Byron and John have always been pretty. um pretty direct about like a handicapped child in a library should be able to solve these puzzles. Now, a, a lot of that is, yeah, I want to sell books. So I want to make sure people know that they don't have to travel across the country to solve them. But I mean, there's gotta be some little grain of truth in that. I don't think they would just lie. You know, I mean, it could be like you were saying, Bradley, that it, as long as you're vague and have enough evidence that then that's enough, but we'll never, we'll never really know. And and it, and it might be that, you know, whenever you make a puzzle, the, or, you know, just a teacher in a class, when they make the final exam, it's going to be a lot easier to them because they're the ones creating the exam and they're going to believe it's a lot easier than it really is. Um, and same thing with the puzzle maker. And especially for a puzzle maker, that is possibly the first time they ever made puzzles and they believe it's a lot easier than it really is. And maybe down deep, true in their heart, they thought you could figure this out from your chair in your house, but, uh, so one thing with this puzzle, I mean, if you, I think George, you spent all the time crafting puzzles yourself, haven't you? A little bit. I wouldn't say so, a long time, but a little. <laughs> so I have a question for you. When you develop a puzzle, do you craft it in such a way to where there's only one, solution and do you actually go through and try to make sure that there's only one solution or well so the, the the puzzles that i created were a little different than this but no there's there's never it's 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 almost impossible to say that there's like yes there's only one solution but no there's not one way to get there it's almost impossible to create a puzzle where there's only one way to get to the answer but 
Um, it's, re it's very easy to create a puzzle where there is only one answer, but very difficult to create one where there's only one way to get to that answer because you can't, you can't predict how people think you can't predict how people's mind works and you can't predict how people approach puzzles, right? I, I approach a puzzle differently than Bradley. So if you were to put a puzzle in front of me, even if we were to have both solved it, we probably would have taken different steps to get there. I think that's answering the question that you had. Well, it also takes into consideration you don't know what you don't know. Um, so you, you, you may have done everything you can to create a puzzle that only has one answer, but it may have another answer. You just had no idea that the other thing existed that fit it so perfectly. Hence, for uh, our prime example is a puzzle that George is working on, and he found a better answer for it than the puzzle creator had. Um, and when he presented that answer to the puzzle creator, they said exactly that. Ben, if I knew that existed, that would have been the answer. I didn't know that existed. I, I, I honestly think that's an issue we're running into today, especially with the internet, where there's so many different possibilities. You know, I, there's been you know several you know, theories very detailed that I've seen that, you know, just make perfect sense, you know, that lines up with the image, lines up with each line in the verse. But, you know, at the end of the day, only one of those is going to be correct and only one of those is going to have a cask at the end. So, you know, my basically my point is the more we know about what sources Byron was pulling from, the more we'll get a better idea of what his perspective was. Because the only real solution for each one of those puzzles is, you know, what Byron's intent was and what Byron's solution was. So the more we understand about him as a person, the more we understand about, you know, what source material he used to develop the puzzles and, and find the locations, you know, the better chance we're going to get. Because, I mean, he wouldn't have went to, you know, I keep on using Milwaukee as an example. He wouldn't have went to Milwaukee and spent, you know, three weeks walking around Milwaukee and doing, you know, very detailed research. He would have, you know, he, he was a busy guy. He would have, you know, done research beforehand, he would have gotten there, he still probably didn't really know exactly how he wanted to go about it or where it was buried and spent a little bit of time, but um, but he was also probably trying to, you know, craft in such a way to where it could be solved quickly. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Whenever anybody, like, I can't imagine Byron going and finding, like, the history of a building so much like down to the third cousin of this famous guy built the archway, you know, like some, some solutions you see on Facebook. I can't imagine that happening. And the more that comes out of stuff like this, this encyclopedia, like the coolest thing that so far uh, about things like this encyclopedia is the things that we're finding that seem to be correct in one city um, also seem to be correct in the rest of them. Like you were saying with the nicknames, that seems to be correct in the vast majority of the cities. And it seems to, you know, in this book, right? It's a pattern. So, which makes it a little more valid in my eyes. No, no, I completely agree. And, and the city nicknames awesome. is something that uh, just came out, I think. Uh, <laughs> sorry, man. I do not mean to interrupt anybody. Um, it is completely silent when I start talking on my end. So I am so sorry. <laughs> this is not how we usually do this. Uh, right. But because of the delay, I, I gotta get you my computer. I keep accidentally <laughs> cutting you guys off. Um, but what I was going to say uh, was uh, the what what gives me um, hope um, and makes this exciting is like, for example, that uh, figuring out the nicknames for the cities and that uh, this is a pattern. Um, and forgive me if I'm wrong, but that didn't uh, come out until late last year, this year. Um, like it's a relatively recent discovery. Um, so, you know, that's, I mean, that's super exciting. 
And you're talking about Milwaukee. Um, if Byron would have just, you know, sat down with Alice Cooper, he would have learned the, the whole history of Milwaukee. I mean, he, he didn't really need to look in a book, but I guess he didn't think to go that route. Actually, Bradley, it's pronounced Mealy Walkay, which is Algonquin for the, the good land. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for getting that. Yeah. I can certainly see Byron <laughs> jamming out to Alice Cooper. Who's more of a Beach Boys guy? <laughs> oh, God, I have COVID. Uh, okay, is there anything else we want to touch on? Yeah, there, or... there was there's one more potential um, interesting tip that I found for New Orleans. Oh, cool. So, you know, I before I read the section for on each city or, you know, whatever I'm looking up, I tried to, you know, refresh my memory of the painting and the associated verse with that city. And, you know, the one line that, you know, I, I very much, very much spent a lot of my time on, you know, the first line of each verse um, or whatever line I think may be the starting point. So for the no, you know, the verse that's typically associated with Noah, find the, you know, at the place where jewels abound. And in the encyclopedia, it, you know, mentions the old United States Mint, um, which is now the Jazz Museum. And it became the Jazz Museum in 1981, I think, or 1982. So there probably was a lot of information on that if he went to New Orleans during that time. Um, but that's a potential, you know, place where jewels abound is the old U.S. Mint. It's in for the French Quarter. So how do you, how do you link that to jewels abound? I'm missing something. Are you talking about like just the 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 jazz artists being called jewels, or? So, you know, the mint as in you know coins, money. So if if jewels are right. you know monetary then you know coins oh, could be you know jewels abound okay. but you know especially since the word abound means you know numerous if someone told me five years ago i'd be on a podcast talking about encyclopedia i'd be very concerned about my future life choices <laughs> especially an encyclopedia from like the the, 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 the this old <laughs> is, is it encyclopedia or encyclopedia which one is encyclopedia encyclopedia Pedia. that's what i've always said but now that you say that i question myself i mean i know it's socrates I, and i know it's stucky ditties so i don't know was there a joke in there that just went over our head i actually looked up a few encyclopedia jokes if you want to hear them oh yes yes, yes please, please. <laughs> I, I want this desperately yes They're, some of them are quite corny that's i good. imagine <laughs> I once fell in love with encyclopedia. I was completely infatuated. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Bradley's going to put that in the back of his head and use it one day. I will. It'll be tomorrow. <laughs> what do you call it an online encyclopedia for DJs? A wicka 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 wikipedia. I asked my wife for an audiobook for my birthday, but she got me an encyclopedia instead. That spoke volumes. <laughs> last one these are, all, these are dad jokes from bradley yes <laughs> last one my friend just got married and now he wants to sell his 47 volume encyclopedia britannica he says he doesn't need it his wife knows everything i mean that's just true yes that's not really a joke so much that's just true yeah 
<laughs> no, I love it. Those are great. And I will use them. Thank you. Corey, if you haven't figured it out already, your name is now cemented in secret lore um, finding this Rebus. Um, so, dude, thank you for finding that because now I'm dusting off my encyclopedias and actually going back and reading them again. So I appreciate your find very much. My favorite, my favorite comment about these encyclopedias was somebody was like, oh, you guys finally realized that we should use books from 1982 to solve this puzzle. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I, I, you know, I appreciate the invite. You know, I personally don't feel like I really contributed that much, but you hopefully did. I can contribute something else one day. But my challenge for the secret community would be, you know, what, what are we missing? What other, you know, source material, what other books or information would fire and have used? What would he have gotten his hands on? What was popular? You know, he obviously was using the broad America. He was using encyclopedias and maps. What else was out there at the time? Let's find it and let's use it.